goodness, I feel like I've been waiting for this bus for hours. Yes, it does seem to have taken rather a long time to have got here. It's always the way, it's always the way. I've seen a dozen buses, just not the one I'm looking for. I, I, I saw the 24 go past, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I saw the 420, had a good look at that, a good chuckle at that. Mm. Yes, same with the 69 death. Oh. So, I'm, I'm curious, are you getting the same bus as me? Yes, the the uh, the eighty nine. Oh yes, we're in strangers. Indeed. Hmm. Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura K. Dale, and I'm not Jane Iris Magnet. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. That podcast where we get the intro right or the first time every time. Uh, it's it's a shit. It's a shit. the outline up. <laughs> I could have been the one to mess up the intro. They didn't know. It was me. <laughs> it's a show where two queer trans ladies have a bit of a catch up about the things we've enjoyed in the week and discuss them in depth because sometimes we experience things and go, let's watch the next episode of that without stopping to talk about it. So we we once a week go, let's do some silly voices and some skits and talk about what we experienced mm-hmm. in the week. How are you doing? Alright. I'm yeah. alright. Three day week this week because of oh, McCann. Fucking lovely that. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I've got time to, to do a Extra accessory for my cosplay. Oh heck, is that the the backpack? That is the backpack. <gasps> Hopefully, I, I will get a backpack finished. In I'm time. excited for this prospect. You did the main outfit. I reckon you can do a backpack. I'm I'm wondering if I can actually fit a backpack on that outfit. We'll help you. <laughs> we will help. Who's <laughs> we? Um, I'll help. I'll help you get it. Oh, you. I'll you, help you put you it. You said it, we. I was confused. Uh, the royal we. The oh, royal we shall help you. Well, we shall help you. I, 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 I can help, or if you want to, if you, you know, hold it until you get to MCM, we can help. Um, and me and the nerds at MCM can help you get it on. If get it on. Help you get it on. Get it on. So, yeah, you've, you've got a nice quiet week this week. Um, well, I wouldn't say quiet. There's a lot to okay. do, but You've, it's 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 not it's not day job going based. to the day job. No, <laughs> uh, I mm. I have had a very eventful week. Yeah, I have a very eventful week coming up. Yeah, you do. Um, it should tell you about the kind of week I've had that my legs feel like jelly. I have painful jelly legs. Well, you've been stretching your ring out, haven't you? Oh, we'll be stretching your ring out. Oh, we'll get to that in a bit. Should we, should we get to that now? Let's start with your ring. Tell us about your ring. <laughs> um, so, things we've played. That's the first section of that this is. show. We talk about what we've played. I've been playing with my ring. I've been playing <laughs> Ring Fit Adventure, which is a Switch game. Uh, it comes with a leg strap and a plastic sort of uh, resistance band ring, uh, I guess you would call it. It's, it's a video game that... Imagine, imagine we fit. If there was a story mode that involved unlocking new attacks to fight monsters with, to go beat up a, um, a buff bodybuilding dragon that used to be really sort of like you know quite weak, but has gotten really sort of um, hence he's gotten really self-important since he got big strong muscles and he's sort of forgotten why he wanted to get strong in the first place, and we've got to go stop him from terrorizing all the citizens with oh, his heck. big muscles. By doing workouts. Um, so I, I've i been playing this. I've played this the last two days in a row. Uh, I've played somewhere in the region of 30 to 50 minutes uh, each day. I think I played about half an hour the first day, about 50 minutes the second. Gosh, it's a good workout. Um, it is not messing around. Um, 
I told the game, here's my age, here is my, uh, my, my weight, here is roughly the level of physical exercise I currently do and what sort of level of uh, challenge I would like, and it sort of set it all up, and both of my workouts have been proper, uh, proper sweat inducers. They've been, uh, strenuous ones. Um, the, the adventure mode, which is a big part of the appeal for this game, is very much, um, you, you jog on the spot or sort of uh, sprint or sort of high leg jog, uh, high leg jog mm-hmm. on the spot to sort of move through the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will get to this in a second, but there are options if you are not someone who can jog on the spot. But um, generally, it's you do your sort of aerobic respiration, which is your jogging. Um, you use this ring to do things like uh, blast open doors or propel yourself off the ground with blasts of air by sort of squeezing, <laughs> squeezing, by squeezing the ring. your ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah by, by clenching your ring. Um, and then every now and then you'll come across. Um, they're not random encounters. They're set at at specific points along the level. There will be enemies that you come across. Giant enemy crabs. Uh, I did today fight a giant enemy crab. It was um, it was a crab with dumbbells instead of pinches. Oh hey. Um, A lot of these enemies so far in the first couple of days have been, what if we took a piece of um, of gym equipment and turned it into a monster that you have to fight? Oh, heck. Um, But yeah, you've got... You start off with a selection of about five exercises, and you do damage to the enemies by doing doing your exercises, and the game's pretty accurate at at recognising what you're doing. It gives you good advice if uh, your posture seems to be wrong. Um, and it sort of talks you through all the exercises. Nice things about it, there is zero uh, consequence for pausing. If you find that you're just like, I can't do those like three more reps I need to do to finish like dealing damage, just take a sit down. The game, you know, will give you as much time as you need. It doesn't go, hurry up, get back in, get back in, uh, which is kind of nice. Um, I've just unlocked a part where now certain... Uh, attacks will do better or worse damage against certain enemies. It's all colour-coded, so you might see... I can't remember the colours off the top of my head, but it might be... Here's a green enemy. Okay, uh, doing a leg exercise will do extra damage to them. Or uh, this yellow enemy, if I do a sort of um, ab-based workout, that'll do some extra damage. So it does a lot to try and encourage you to do a variety of muscle groups rather than just going... This is the one that I find easy, or this is the one that I find hardest. I'm going to stick with that. Mm-hmm. It encourages you to sort of cycle through, which is good. Um, a cycling option. <laughs> um, one thing that I think is really interesting about this game um, is when I was talking about it on Twitter on the first day I've been playing it, I had a few people going, so I have this situation or this situation, and, you know, exercise games are usually not for me. Uh, a good example, I spoke to someone who had fi- fibromyalgia, uh, someone who is a wheelchair user, and they were both like, can I play this game? And uh, obviously, I'm not a trained medical professional that can give, like, 100% definitive advice on things, but uh, for the wheelchair user that I was talking to, I went and had a look in the uh, the menus, and there is an option, I believe it's called Knee Assist, which will automate the running for you, and there's enough exercises right from the start that you can you can get through not using any of the exercises that go, please stand up and do a, a lunge and jump back up nice oh. and quickly. Um, 
you get lots of new moves pretty regularly given to you, and if there's any exercises that, like, let's say you can't do stuff with your shoulders because your shoulders pop out or something, mm. um, you can turn on the assist mode, so it, it ideally won't give you exercises like that. Okay. But if there's one that you go, I've got this exercise on my, my list of attacks, and it feels like it's going to do me damage, um, it, it's going to hurt me to do, you can just completely replace it with a different attack and take it off of your loadout. Yeah. So it's pretty good at customising it to what you want to be doing and or what you can be doing, which seems pretty good. Like, that's that's not a thing a lot of structured exercise video games do, so yeah. that's quite nice. Um, and you're up to level 11 already. I'm level 11. I, uh, what did I unlock? I unlocked uh, some some kind of new exercise. I think it was a, a torso-based one that I unlocked today. But uh, yeah, I've beaten the, the second boss fight. Um, I've had a good old solid workout. Uh, so far... Uh, complaints about it. Uh, this is mainly a complaint for anyone who's using knee assist and isn't doing the jogging. Um, it bases how good of a work, uh, how strenuous of a workout it thinks you've had on elevation of your um, your pulse. Um, the IR camera on the bottom of the right Joy-Con uh, can apparently detect your, your pulse through your thumb pretty effectively. Um, it seems to be pretty good at that. But if you've not been jogging on the spot during the level. Obviously, your heart rate won't be quite as uh, elevated, and it'll go, ooh, you had a very light workout, which is a bit of a shame, mm. you know. It doesn't take into account, well... I had the workout, I, had, I can manage, I had Thank the workout, I don't criticise my workout strenuousness because of the thing that I couldn't do. Yeah, um, so maybe if they'd, like, tied that into what assist modes were active. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that that is something that, like, it's not a huge issue, but it's just a little, a little complaint. Yeah. But, um... I've been really surprised at how much having an enemy health bar to chip away at pushed me to push myself just a little further, just a little further in a workout. Mm -hmm. um, and that was really nice. I very much appreciated that sort of, ooh, I, you know, I can't, I can't do another squat, I can't do another squat, mm, but I'm about, I'm about to take that boss down. If I can just get two or three more done, I'm going to, I'm going to get there. Tone that booty, damn it. And it has given me a mild case of jelly legs tonight. I need to take a de let my legs rest tomorrow, but, um... you jelly. <laughs> but I, I did those extra couple of squats I didn't think I could do, because video game <sighs> told me. Um, it, it works from home, which is nice. Uh, on a rainy day, you don't have to go outside, you don't have to get to the gym to do it, and it's a surprisingly solid workout. I don't know how long I'll stick with it as a routine, but... I'm qu I'm quite impressed. I didn't expect to be this into it. Nice. Um. Yeah. What about you? What have you played this week? Less on the video games this week. Yeah. More on the more physical things. So yeah. We did some more Magic: The Gathering. Yes, we did. Yeah. Uh, I did lots of playing with that uh, that green deck that we were talking about last yeah. week. I think I finally get how attacking works. You do. I'm I'm pretty sure you get it now. Yeah. Um, we need to keep playing so we don't forget, but yeah. I, well, I, I've started to understand I can throw a lot of small things and and some of them will die, but that's okay. Mm -hmm. I think having played a lot more recently, I've, I've had time to really look at that black and white deck, and I've basically decided to strip it into two decks. Yeah. So there's going to be a black deck and a white deck. 
Yeah, because you were really enjoying the black stuff in that deck last well, night. Yeah, that's because I, I what finished you in about eight rounds. I was like, okay, done. That was really quick. The deck did everything it's supposed to. Interestingly, it did it pretty much only with the black cards. Yes. Um, I I realised that basically it was trying to do too much. It it's ba- it was it was supposed to be based around like all the black stuff would resurrect things mm. from my graveyard. It would do direct death to opponents, yeah. and it would make you drop cards out of your hand. Yes. The white side of that thing is flying creatures, things that give me life, and things that like boost up the like the health of all of my car- mm. uh, all of my creatures. And having like pulled the whole thing apart last night, I realised that there's actually less black cards in there than white. Like percentage wise, it balances out. Yeah. But if I want to do a black card, there's less black lands in there. Because yeah. There's only as many black lands as there are for the percentage of cards in the deck. Yes. Which actually makes it, like, not good. Yeah, you you, you see what I mean? Because this is the thing we were talking about, about deck building style before. And yeah. you need to have in mind, like, what is what is my end, my, my ideal end state for this deck? And what is my percentage chance of drawing exactly what I need at the right time? Mm-hmm. So if you've got some of those black things out and you're like, I just need some more black lands to get this going, you need to look at your de- deck and go, what's the percentage chance of me drawing that black land at the moment I need it? And mm-hmm. it sounds like because the black stuff is obviously a lower percentage, you if, if you were relying on drawing a black land, it wasn't likely to happen. No. Which... I'm I'm glad that you've you found that that well, state of the deck. I think this is the part of the problem with like most of my deck building stuff. I've not really had a chance to play it and test it. The other yeah. thing with the black deck is like it's evolved over like god nearly twenty years now. Yeah. Um. You know, it was a deck originally that people just hated playing against. Yeah. Because it just wrecked people. But over time, like, I've bought new cards and I've introduced new things to it, but I've not really had a chance to, like, yeah. test those. This this is how I feel about those two Yu-Gi-Oh decks that I built a couple of weeks ago mm. and I, we've not had a chance to play yet is... Mm. I Both of them are currently way too big. They're both at 80. I would ideally like them to be 40-card decks, but I know that the only real way to tell what do I need to cut from this is going to be try playing with it. Yeah. See what stuff I draw and go, ugh. Like, uh, th- what what stuff am I not happy to draw? That's the stuff that needs to get ditched, so... Nice. Well, I, I mean, I went through last night, so I've had a look. Like, there's lots of, like, I've got the maximum of four of a lot of cards now. Yeah. Um. So it's it's more balanced to do... It will do the thing I want it to multiple times. Yes, yeah. Um, and I've kept all of the white cards together from that, so I might try and make up an entirely white deck out of that. I'm thinking about making a single colour deck for... Like yeah. each of them, because that green deck I think works really well. It's slightly bloated because it's above sixty. Like my black yeah. card, my black deck, I couldn't whittle it down below sixty-one. So <laughs> I was like, I could take a land out, but let's not just have one extra card. It doesn't hurt. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so we've got the that we've got the green deck. Um, I don't think it'd be difficult to build a white deck. I've never built a blue deck because I don't use blue cards. Should we maybe try and build one together sometime? Build a blue deck, build a red deck. Yeah. And then we can 
cycle through each through our colours combined. Yeah, we are a big gay rainbow. We are. Um, the other thing I realised having pulled apart the black and white deck is that there are cards in there that we we played what maybe six games recently, and I've pretty much used yeah. that every time. Well, cards I just haven't seen come up. See, this was the thing I was saying about the green deck is as much as I've been loving that green deck. We played multiple games where I played the green deck every time, and then I had a look through the deck and went, never saw that, never saw that, that's a great card, never saw it. Um, which is why, like, I have always been a person that's like, keep to the lowest deck limit, mm-hmm. have as few cards as possible so that the ones that you have in there that you want to draw, you can draw them as, me- as high a percentage of matches as possible. Well, the prob- problem with that deck as well is the fact that... Of all the really great things in there, I've only got one of them because they're mostly golds. Yeah, they're mostly rare cards. I just can't be. Well, like... again, that's that's why it's so important to get your deck down to what's the minimum sixty. 60. Yeah, get that deck down to sixty. Is you've got an infinitely better chance of getting that thing you only have one of mm-hmm. if you have as few cards as possible. Although, like you've been playing that green deck a lot, and. You've been getting the the spore mound out pretty much every time, and the the hive thing. I I've I've locked into getting those, but there's there's definitely been a case of like there are really good cards in there where I never saw that I had no way to search that I just wasn't coming across because randomization mm. and slightly too many cards to to guarantee that you'll see most of them. Well, I'll tell you what. Since you've played it the most, if you want to sit down, whittle that deck down to sixty, I'll I'll let you do the. I the I might under. I might try cutting it down a bit and put the the pile to the side and go. Let's try it without those cards, and then if if not, we can put them back in. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I've been enjoying a bit of magic. Yeah, have you played anything else? Uh, I played a lot of things because I went to EGX this week. Well, then tell us all about the things you played. So EGX, it's a video game convention. Um, it happened basically a week before MCM, which is Comic Con in London, and I was like, yeah, I could do two conventions back to back. Why not? Um, I'll start with the big stuff. I played a demo for uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Ah, uh, it's in the Mako Reactor. It's that bit that they showed off at E3 with the big robot-y uh, boss that you fight in the, the reactor. Um, so, I'll get my one complaint out of the way. Um, mm-hmm. The When you're exploring that world with your sort of 3D camera and whatnot, the camera's too low and too close behind the character. It kind of obscures your view of what's in front of you. It's mm. not great 3D world design. I hope they just sort of move the camera perspective a little bit, but... That aside, it was really fucking impressive. Yeah. Um, I can understand why this game is getting split up into parts, because they have gone out of their way to take things that would have been 30 seconds running through a room and go, nope, this is a whole multi-stage encounter now. Um, the level of detail is ludicrous. Um, I really like the battle system. Yeah. It's, it is... Kind of a halfway point between your sort of Xenoblade-style 3D movement action JRPG stuff and traditional turn-based menu combat. Basically, you run up to to enemies and you use the square button to to hit them with attacks. Uh, If you cloud, you hit them with your sword. If you barret, you hold down square to like fire a machine gun arm Mm. at them. That sort of thing. 
It does some damage. The main thing it does is it builds up meters. Um, by building up meters, you can then tap a button to basically enter your traditional Final Fantasy VII turn-based menu. Here is your action commands, here is your magic, here is your items, here's your limit break if you've got that ready. Um, you've got as much time as you want in that menu to make your choice and to pick your target. And then it jumps back into run around the environment, hide behind things because a big laser's coming, so find some cover. Um, it, it really does try and straddle the line between turn-based and sort of 3D action JRPGs, and I think it does it pretty well. I like both those kinds of JRPGs already, which helps, mm -hmm. but I enjoyed the two of them together. I can't I can't speak to the fact if you hate one or the other whether you'll be able to manage the sort of half and half, but I think they found a pretty good middle ground. Nice. Um, yeah, what about you? Have you played anything else? Um, two other things, literally, and one of them I've talked about before. One of them is my 7x7x7 seven 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 cube. Yeah? I've got pretty damn good at that. Um, I'm pretty happy with that. In fact, I've got too good at it, so I ordered a 9x9x9, nine, because nine by nine by nine, I found <laughs> one at a reasonable price. Nice. Um, it's also a MoU. The action on it is a little bit scary. Like it, it feels like it, it would pop if it locked up too hard. It's quite tight. It okay. hasn't got a lot of flex on it. Um, I might try lubing it and see what that achieves. Yeah, I was gonna say, is there much you can do? Uh, I might try lubing it. I don't know if it's sprung. Yeah, I imagine maybe it is. I don't know if they can with. Something that size, like it, it feels like quite heavy to move around, and you sort of sit yeah. there having to like tap it on a table to get it all level again. Ah, uh, um, yeah. I like I'd read reviews on it, and someone was just like, like it was like good cube, good cube, good cube. It popped immediately. It was like, mm, I'm guessing you were probably a bit rough with it because it feels delicate. But as somebody who cubes and has yeah. with like slightly more delicate you, um, you know what you're feeling for when something's yeah, like don't like, don't do that don't movement. push it that way yeah um yeah so i was i've been sort of careful with it and it took me about an hour that's partly cuz i fucked up like somewhere along the way yeah. um and had to redo like half of my centers but like hmm. it's a lot of fun Yay! I, I, I like centre pairing, I like edge pairing, and obviously the larger the cube, the more of that there is. Yay! Um, while it's not more than a couple of millimetres bigger than the 7x7x7, it's really fucking heavy. Yeah! Because it, it's quite dense. I should imagine. But the cubelets are, are still quite small, so yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm very much enjoying that. The other thing is the X2. I've got really into that X2. Yeah, I'm I'm so happy that finally you're a little less intimidated by it. it it's quite an intimidating puzzle. But, yeah. like, I think having recently done the 3x3x5, I'm, I'm feeling better about, like, cuboid algorithms yeah. and things. Um, the fact that I've recently learned, like, different ways of, of doing a 3x3x3, that's helped with some of that stuff as well. So, like, a mixture of those two things has really mm. helped how to get through that Yay. puzzle. Uh, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Um, I've done it a lot, 
to the point where the stickers are starting to peel, so I might have to re-sticker it. That's fair, but <laughs> uh, considering that, like, initially you started to turn it when you first got it and went, oh, no, and put it back. <laughs> and then we're like, you did it once after, like, a year, maybe, and we're like, I'm putting it back again. <laughs> I was like, never touching I, that again. I'm very glad that the, the big ambitious one I got you <laughs> is seeing some use. It has. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> it was not a waste of a gift. It was, not, it was never a waste of a gift. It was just like, <laughs> I'll get to... Like, I'm like that with gifts sometimes. It's like, I'm yeah, just going to keep that. Like, um, I've got a Lego set that I haven't opened yet. Mm. It's just like, I'm going to wait until um, I just, till I need this thing. Yeah. Like, I'm very happy I have it in my life. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm sure I will be ready for that challenge at some I, point. I, I understand this feeling very well. That is why the Gundam that I was working on last week when we did the podcast is still a pair of legs. It's a nice pair of legs. Because in the week since, I have been like, I'm I'm not going to... I need to be in the right headspace to get to working on that. Yeah, you uh, need the time and the sort of settled space, yeah. and you've been rather busy. Indeed, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what about you? What other things uh, did you play at rattle, Let's rattle through the rest of the stuff I played Please. at EGX. Um, I played a demo for Luigi's Mansion 3. Mm-hmm. That game is absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, the character designs and the animations are amazing. Um, it, it does a really good job of selling the personality of the characters and things. Maybe I just need to practice it. It's been a long time since I've played a Luigi's Mansion game. Uh, Luigi feels a little sluggish on turning, and uh, when you do actions like, say, flashing your flashlight to try and illuminate ghosts so you can start sucking them up, yeah. uh, the, the window that, like, once you've done that action, you're, like, very committed to it. You're very vulnerable for quite a while hmm. before you sort of have control again, and... You know, maybe I, I suspect playing more of it than a like a ten, fifteen minute demo on a on a show floor when I'm already a bit tired, I would probably do better. Um mm-hmm. but there's a little bit of me that was going like flash, no, failed. Okay, c- come on, come on, come on, can you move already, Luigi? There we go. Um but I really enjoyed the boss fight. I am excited to play more of that game in a less strenuous setting. Yeah. Um I played a very brief demo of Pokemon Sword and Shield, um, which I, 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 I guess I'm going to put into this. I went to the Pokemon Center in London. Um, it, I got invited to a press day, so I didn't have to wait in those seven, eight, nine hour long queues. Thankfully, um, it's sort of they just didn't look fun. it's a it's a Pokemon shop. Um, I I. I was sort of expecting... I've seen some of the Pokemon Centers in Japan that have like, ah, it looks like it's a Pokemon Center from the game and there's some big statues and things. N- none of that. It was a shop with some Pokemon designs on the wall. Um, the stuff mm. in there was very nice. Um, I have a Score Bunny plush and a uh, a hoodie, and they're both very nice. It's, uh, uh, yeah, it's a, what, letter hoodie? Yeah, it's sort of like, yeah, le- uh, letter, le- letterman jacket. Yeah. Um, the stuff in there is very nice. It's very high quality. It's a bit on the pricey side. Mm. Just don't go in there expecting, like, you know... An experience. Yeah. it's There is some nice stuff in there, and there is some stuff that is exclusive. The the um, the British Pikachu in a bowler hat is adorable. Um, but upstairs, they do have a playable demo for the game. You can play it either docked or on a, a Switch Lite if you want to see the handheld Ooh, mode. Dance. Um I did not play the the ninety minute demo that some people have been previewing recently, mm-hmm. so I've not experienced um, basically the actual flow of the game. But I basically did the E three demo uh, from this year, that is the water type gym from the game. Okay. Um, 
you, you've got a bit of a puzzle to get through on the way through, turning water pipes on and off to make a path through. It felt like a more complicated but better explained version of like uh, Lieutenant Surge's gym in the first Pokemon where you've got the switches in the bins. Mm-hmm. That sort of unlock your way to progress through the gym. The game looks real fucking beautiful in, in motion. I love Score Bunny. It will not stop hopping from foot to foot. It is just like, no, no, gotta go. What am I doing? What am I doing? I'm like, you're an adorable rabbit and I love you. Gotta go fast. <laughs> uh, Dynamax and G- Gigantamax, the new mechanics they have in the game basically a combination of of mega revolutions and z moves um for anyone who doesn't know what those are mega revolutions was certain pokemon that used to be able to change into a different shape and have slightly better stats mm-hmm. um z moves were if you gave a certain item to a certain pokemon it might get a a different move uh that was special to it while it was holding that item gigantamax is basically smush those both together in gym battles only or uh, very special battles, you can, once per fight, for a couple of turns, make one of your Pokemon huge. Mm. And it's more powerful, and it might be a different design, and it will have a different set of moves that are more powerful, but are basically the same element of move. Um, As much as I'm going to miss some of those Mega Revolution designs, I thought they were really fucking cool, I... I get what they're going for with this. They're basically trying to minimise um, Z-moves and um, Mega Revolutions being a competitive thing where only only Pokemon that had those mechanics were really competitively viable. Mm. Like, if a Pokemon doesn't have a Mega Revolution, you're going to think twice about putting it on your team. I think they're trying to get rid of that and make it so that more Pokemon have the option to have this is the one I'm going to have do its big burst of extra energy in the competitive scene, and I'm kind of into that. Mm -hmm. We'll see how it works in the main game. But that game comes out, Sword and Shield Pokemon come out in like three weeks, and I hope to get my hands on the full game before then, and I want to play a bunch of Pokemon. It's going to be cool. Um, How hype are you? I'm really hype. I've been, the last month or so, I've just been real down that Pokemon rabbit hole. I've... I really like Pokemon, everyone. <laughs> Pokemon is your thing, and I'm, I'm glad you have a thing that you enjoy, it's Piggy. Th- there were many years where I was like, eh, you know, I'll play the story mode, I don't want to get into it. And I've just let myself get really into it recently and gone, you know what? That's okay. It's okay that I really fucking like Pokemon. Oh, um, other stuff I played, I played a demo for uh, Marvel's Avengers, the big Avengers game that is coming out soon. Um, I believe it's March next year or something like that. I didn't get to play as Miss Marvel, who is the primary protagonist, which is a shame because Miss Marvel's awesome, but um, it felt a lot like the PS4 Spider-Man game that came out a while back. Um, it had a lot of that sort of, you're doing basic combos of light and heavy attacks as a superhero, you might have special abilities that are unique to the hero you are, so in Spider-Man it was, I can web up an enemy, for Thor it might be, I can do a big hit with my hammer and lightning sort of goes forward. They did a really good job in this of differentiating all the heroes, they all Mm -hmm. feel different. Um, The Hulk is great, he can pick up, um, pick up, enemies and swing them around like they're a baton or sort of hit them into the ground. When he runs, bits of the environment get knocked out the way. Like, if you run into a car, the car just 
go flying. Feels like he's got some weight. He's, he's got a real good sense of momentum and weight to him. Uh-huh. Um, Iron Man has the ability to sort of fly up or down in the air at will. Um, um, Iron Man, instead of a heavy melee attack, has a sort of big blast with his, uh, with his gun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Captain America's got the ability to, like, throw his shield around and it boomerangs around the room and hits stuff. Um, even Black Widow felt really cool. And games never make Black Widow feel cool. She was, like, a very sort of speedy, grapply spy that could do a bunch of, like, wrestling moves to throw people to the ground. I was like, you made Black Widow feel cool? I'm on board. You, you, you're doing good. Mm-hmm. Um... It, it did a lot of the Spider-Man thing as well, where, at least in this demo, you'd be doing a fight and then suddenly you'd be in an, in, an in-engine cutscene would sort of seamlessly start happening, and you'd have button prompts to get through the cutscene, and then you'd be thrown back into control of a character. Mm-hmm. It was all very sort of smoothly went between everything. Um... That's a real flashy, fancy game that feels really fun to play. I'm still a bit concerned about the whole we're going to add content over time thing. But what I played was fun, and that has gotten me back to being excited somewhat about the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I played some some smaller games as well. I played a demo for a game called Welcome to Elk. It is It reminded me a lot of Wondersoul, which was that game about the bard that wanted to save the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you play this person in a sort of bit of a middle-of-nowhere town, um, and at least in this demo, you interact with some really interesting characters. There is someone who's... You've got a friend in town who's convinced he's dead. Um, he's convinced it's the uh, this is the afterlife. It's very unclear if he's, if he's correct or not. I'm leaning towards yes, because of what I'll get to in a second. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of interesting gameplay interactions, like... This this guy doesn't know what his parents look like. He's an orphan. So you sit there with a balloon and little cut-out shapes from, of faces from magazines and you try and put together a face and go, like, let's imagine what they might look like. So if you see them, you'll recognise them. And yeah. some, like, kind of sweet little things like that. Um, mm-hmm. But the section that really reminded me of Wondersong is I was in a bar and I start talking to this character about um, about their life and they start telling this really sad story about um basically this woman's husband had borrowed money to get protection while he was in prison and he leaves prison and he hadn't sort of paid his money up and Mm -hmm. the people who he'd borrowed from came and shot him in the face with a shotgun um and yeah it's this thing and the the gameplay section leading up to it is the mother and child singing um, much like Wonder Song, there's no fail state. You're not sort of uh, Guitar Hero, hit the right buttons. It's analog stick, pop it in directions to do one of four notes. And it was just this really melancholy, sweet way of interacting with this really bittersweet scene. Um, it was really moving, mm. um, really powerful. And then it cut to some live action footage of one of the, uh, I believe, one of the developers. And this was a real story, and a lot of the parts of this game are based on this guy went travelling the world, collecting stories, and filming people talking about things like really difficult things that happened in their lives, and then trying to translate those moments into simple interactions and music, and trying to get people to engage with these real stories, which was quite a thing. It's quite a thing to do a 
to do a sort of sing-song interaction and then a man's face gets shot off with a shotgun and then it's like, oh no, that happened. Um, we're going to take a minute to just think about the person this happened to. It was a, it's quite a powerful, interesting yeah. game. I don't I don't know how the whole game's going to come together. For people, maybe. Yeah. It's... I I don't know what this game is going to be, but it was... It seems like it might be something really important if it comes together well. Mm. Um, it felt quite special. Um, other than that, what did I play? Uh, I played a game called Skatebird. You're a tiny little bird on a skateboard. I nearly kickstarted that. It's adorable, right? It looks adorable. Um, I can't remember where I saw a trailer for it. It might have been in like uh, at the PC Gamer Show at E3 or mm. something, perhaps. But um, yeah, you're like a little like blue jay or something. On one of those, it, it's basically like one of those finger skateboards that you use to skateboard across the table. And it's like, ah, oh, here's some pencils stacked up. That's like a grinding rail and do a skateboard. But with little flap ability. Yeah. So I'm going to be honest, like the build that was at EGX, a little bit rough, a little bit buggy. It was not polished. Right. But... I really did not care because it was really fun to just flap my little tiny wings as I try and do an ollie off of a ramp. And I I think it wasn't necessarily doing anything mechanically that other skating skateboarding games don't do, but the presence of the bird was totally enough to go like up. Oh, much like something like Untitled Goose Game, the mechanics may be simple, but the presence of the bird makes it great. <laughs> See, I'd rather hope that maybe the flapping would help with things like um, trying to land a trick a bit easier, maybe? Yeah, I I feel like that's what they're going for. I don't know that they're necessarily there yet. Okay. Um, But it's a fun little skateboarding game that is real fucking cute. Mm. So I'm, I'm, I'm willing to keep an eye on it. I'm not writing it off because of the, no. the demo that was there. Um... I also played a demo for a game called Paradise Killer, and this is what I've been following for a while, because you remember when I was doing that, travelling around the UK, interviewing developers in various mm-hmm. places? Uh, I believe it was in, um, uh, what's the place called? Leamington? Yeah, Leamington Spa, thank you. Um, this was probably the most interesting game that I I, I heard about in Leamington Spa, it's a murder mystery sort of detective game, but it's non-linear and open world. Um, it takes a lot of cues from stuff like her story in not telling you if you got the right answer. Um, mm. You will be told that in, in the demo that I was playing, it was, this person has been murdered. This is who we think did it. We've got them locked up. This is why we think they did it. Go. And you're just sort of in this neon futuristic town now. And you can go and talk to people, and they will tell you their alibis, and you can present information to them, and they might tell you new things, and you've got this sort of big board that you eventually collate all your information, and Mm -hmm. when you think you know who's done it, and you think you've got enough information, you just go to the judge and go, I think this person did it, because this, because this, because this. And they might go, well, have you considered this? And you might have to do a bit of evidence back, but if you've got enough evidence to get a conviction you can get a conviction. Whether that is the correct person or not is debatable. You can. There are multiple people who can get convicted for the same crime and it won't tell you if you got the right person. But surely you have to prove reasonable doubt, don't you? <laughs> yeah, well, 
as we know from the real world legal system, people who are innocent get arrested. All the time. Yeah, it's a thing that happens. And that, that's the thing is, they, they put, the idea is that they want to put enough stuff in there that you've got, without a reasonable doubt, arguments for more than one person. Yeah. And you can you can keep digging if you think there might be more that might lead you to the right answer, or you might go, no, oh, I'm pretty confident I've got it. I'm done. I'm going to do a yeah. lazy cop day. Um, the art style uses a lot of, like, very sort of clashing neon colours. There's mm-hmm. a lot of, um... There's a lot of very cool cyberpunk imagery mixed in with uh, a lot of like um, demon imagery and futuristic robot stuff. It's got a real interesting identity to it. Um, I've obviously not played enough to know if it sticks to the landing, but that they're, they're being ambitious. They're going. F- they're going for a big thing for an indie team, and mm. what I played was really cool. So. That is still a big game on my radar that I I want to check out. Um, Did I play anything else at EGX that I can race through? Um, Played Space Team VR. Is that the mobile game where you all shout at each other? It started as a mobile game. They're now making a um, a VR game of it. It's coming to... um, It's coming to the Oculus Quest. Okay. uh, But you'll also be able to play it with the phone version. Okay, it's... so somebody will be in VR while everyone else shouts at them about levers and... Yeah, or you can all be in VR across the internet, you can play online oh, okay. with people. The The general concept is, here's a bunch of control panels for one ship, you will get instructions of things that need doing, but you won't have the controls to do that necessarily. Right. Um, And you will have controls in front of you, but someone else might have the instructions telling you to do things with those. Okay. So everyone, it, it's kind of like um, keep talking and nobody explodes. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. I don't have the information of what to do with these these levers and dials, but I know what you need to do with your levers and dials. Yeah. But it's all going so quickly. You're shouting over each other, trying to hear what each other are saying, while quickly like, oh, I need to turn that to that. Oh no, you need to do yeah. this. Ah. Um, I enjoyed Space Team when I played it. I imagine yeah. Space Team VR adds a whole fun extra level. Yeah, I. The demo was real fun. Um, it obviously wasn't the ideal place to play it because a show floor at a convention is a very loud place, and trying to hear what someone else is saying while shouting while in a busy convention not ideal. But yeah. it was a really solid concept. It it basically felt a lot like the multiplayer equivalent uh, in VR of of keep talking and nobody explodes. Mm. They've got a mode where all of you are in VR, and I'm like. There's obviously the problem of getting that many people with VR headsets together to play, yeah. um, which is why I'm glad to hear that they have a mode so some people can be on phones and some in VR, and yeah. I, I'm curious to see how that goes, but yeah. it was good silly fun. Because that feels like it might be fun to sort of pass around who gets to be in VR while everyone else is on their phone hollering at each other. Exactly! You see you see what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think that was, that was most of it. Ooh. So, is that everything you you played? That's everything I played. Well then, time for this. Time for this. Do you need to get a rideshare to somewhere, but dread the inevitable awkward conversation with your driver? Uh Uh-huh. Do you wish there was literally anything you could do to stop a driver from having a conversation with you while you're stuck in their vehicle? I'm just not a a people-talky person. Well, try our new app. Won't talk to you, Burr. The ride-sharing service where your driver promises not to put on loud music or try to talk to you 
about anything besides essential journey information. That sounds amazing. Is there an app? <laughs> yes, there is. Download the Won't Talk to Uber app now. Is it available on Apple and Android? Everywhere. It's Uber, but we're not going to make you talk to us. Thanks, Won't Talk to Uber. Are you a parent estranged from your horrible racist children? Yes. Are you a child separated from your homophobic parents? Yes. Are you an elderly person with no family? Yes. Try Chosen. It's like a dating app for people who don't have or are separated from their family and are looking for like-minded folks to share the holidays in a wholesome and healthy fashion, full of laughter and togetherness. Let us help you find your Chosen family. So, <gasps> what have you put in your eyes? Um, well, we both put more Star Trek Discovery in our ah, eyes. Ah, Star Trek. Oh, it's so it's, good. We, we're maybe halfway through season two, if that, but... Um, I don't think we're even halfway No, uh, maybe a quarter. It's really ramping up well. Mm -hmm. uh, season one laid a lot of really solid groundwork to just hit the ground running oh. here. It feels like we've sort of got what our our overarching arcing sort of plot thing's going to be for this yeah, series. Yeah, there's a lot of really cool mysteries. Yeah. Um, I liked some of the moral dilemmas that mm. were were posed. Um, mm. That that's a real good show. It keeps getting better. Yeah, I was I'm... having a chat with some people about it at the weekend. That like you have to catch up. Oh my um, god! I've been told one thing that doesn't feel too spoilery, but got me very excited. Which was, you know, that cool sort of looking robot person on the uh, on the bridge. Yeah. Uh, apparently, they get more more to do at some point in season three, and I'm like, yep, I'm here for that. I'm ready for that. I'm ready to see you get some speaking lines. Yeah, three seasons in. You know. Yeah. Um. Did you have anything else to add on Discovery other than just gushing? It's awesome. It's awesome. More of that. Uh, we watched more of The Good Place. We did. I'm enjoying that as well. We're up it's... to up oh. date on it. Uh, how many episodes were we in now? Uh, four, I think. Four episodes, four episodes into, into the final season. They continue. Oh. They continue to find curveballs to throw that we were not expecting. Mm. Uh, you were sort of on the right track as to what was going on in this episode, but not where to target that yeah. suspicion. Um, for for a show that, like, so much of its success was amazing, unexpected finale to the first season, I've been really impressed at how well they've kept that unexpected plot twist ball rolling. Mm. I mean, to be fair, I, despite, you know, what the revelation we had in last night's episode, I'm still not convinced that I'm not entirely wrong. Oh, I about still, I, I think you might be right. <laughs> We we finished last night's episode and we're just debating. Hmm, we know something, but could it be worse than than what was revealed? Could that also apply to you and you and you and you and you and you? That's my theory. Yeah, I, they all did it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yes. I I feel like maybe they all did it, and El our main character Eleanor is the only person <sighs> being messed with. Maybe. Maybe that's it. Maybe she was in in the in in in, in... all all of her attempts to, to to escape the bad place have been her in the bad place the whole time. Maybe I feel like that would be a very good place thing to do. I, I feel like that would be the the this the most downer ending. I feel like this would be that would be this series version of it was all a dream, which I think would kind of suck. Hmm. I I feel like there there are ways they could do it. Maybe, but um, maybe yeah. 
Did you watch anything else this week? Uh, it's not been a heavy watchy week, really. Um, what have I got? Oh yeah, I watched. I watched some The Adams Family. Oh yeah, like the, the original black and white The Adams Family. I I've not watched full episodes of that, but I did. It's on wa- YouTube. I did watch a bunch of Wednesday Adams clips recently. That's weird because I I think MGM have recently announced that there's gonna be an Adams Family animated movie they based have, on the yes. comic strip. Yes, and the uh, what's it called the adult Wednesday Adams. Yes, stuff yes. like the the complete version thing of that just popped up in my suggestions recently, and I remember sort of seeing like half of one of them years ago. Uh, so I, I watched through all of those. I was like, mm, that was okay. My next suggestion was actually some Adams Family. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, oh, it's it's a little bit problematic in places. Yeah. Like their their family doctor is like a witch doctor. Yeah. From what appears to be, or it appears to be, supposedly some kind of African village, and like the 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 person they call and, and get through onto the phone at that African village is is a uh, like a white explorer type dude with the pith helmet and everything. It's like, oh goodness. Yeah. Oh goodness, no. <laughs> um yeah, there's there's some faintly sexist things that pop up here and there. You can say what you like about how what a good guy uh, Gomez Adams is, but some of the, some of the stuff's a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, it's quite nice seeing a hey, we we're different, and that's okay. And the jokes aren't things like ah, isn't it funny how much this husband and wife don't want to be together and... They love each other very much and that's wonderful. It's it's nice seeing a hetero couple in something that don't seem to hate each other. That love and... All the Adamses love and support each other and and help each other through things and, like, you know, there was, like, Lurch's mother is coming and they they help get everyone through that and, and, you know, Uncle First is having a problem with his electricity and they help him through that and it's all talking. Some of it's quite wrong-headed in the how they're going to go about it in a uniquely Adam's way, but, you know, it's it's quite sweet in its own way. It was, it was interesting to sort of have that pop up uh, and it, you know, nice free thing online. What about you? Got any others? Uh, I think that's everything I'm going to put in the watch segment this week. <laughs> I've got something that straddles some segments. I'm going to put it in a different segment. Oh, you can straddle my segment. <laughs> and anything else you've watched? Uh, yeah, I've been watching... Oh, sorry, there was something else I watched. Oh, I forgot. I saw the Ox Ventures panel at, yeah, uh, at EGX. I'm very hyped to um, see the vod of that. Yes, so I think we've talked about Ox Ventures before. It's the outside Xbox and outside extra YouTube channels do a D&D campaign mm-hmm. together. And I got to see one of their live shows. It was a couple of hours long. Um, I will be very vague about the, the concept, but a bunch of monks that just chant the word lads want to be taken on a, um, a stag do. On a boat. Okay. And hijinks ensue. Corazon's boat? Yes. Okay. Uh, I left that live show just mentally chanting, Lads. 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 lads." 
it was a really fun time. Uh, there was a lot of there was a lot of silliness. There was a lot of um, going off on tangents that the DM had to go. But about this many minutes left, so now we go to the some of that. Oh, um, Johnny! But it was real fun. Um, Johnny's a good DM. A I, good idea. I really like the concept behind this campaign. And I know I have friends that don't watch Ox Ventures. I'm like, I might have to pinch this general concept because it's a really, <laughs> it's a really fun setting for a one shot. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you seen anything else? Uh, yeah, I've been watching a bunch of Legend of Zelda theories. <gasps> it's a Zelda theory. <laughs> well, well, not game theory theories. No. I'm from um Zeltec or Zeltic rather on yeah. YouTube. I don't know what happened. I just started getting recommended, like, hey, we've been analysing the Breath of the Wild 2 trailer, and here's our thoughts. <laughs> and I was like, cool, I really want to play Breath of the Wild again. Maybe I'll just wait, because I really don't have time. Yeah. Maybe I'll just wait for Breath of the Wild 2 to come out. Probably and, next year. And, and probably do that. I'm very hype. Same. I am so hype. God, this time next year we might be playing a new Breath of the Wild. <sighs> With proper dungeons. Oh. In a really dark setting like hope Majora's Mask. I hope so. Um, yeah, I'm I'm really fucking hyped for that and watching all those things like ideas about like what it means and, and like how that connects with other Zelda games. People have been talking about the Picori. Do you know the Picori was supposed to be in um um uh, Breath of the Wild One? Yes, I am aware. I, know I, that. I don't know why they got cut, but I'm aware they were meant to be in there. I think they were worried that they wouldn't stand out against the rest of the world. That's totally so fair. So they sort of took them out. But like some of the concept art for that with like the tiny little houses. Yeah. For anyone who doesn't know, in the Minish Cap, which was a Zelda game on the Game Boy Advance, where you shrunk down to a tiny size, the Bikori were basically tiny, tiny, tiny versions of the Kakiri. Like borrowers. Yeah. They they like lived in people's walls and behind their shoes and it was adorable. It was adorable. I like Minish Cap. Minish Cap was a good Minish one. Cap's great. I want like a convenient way to play Minish Cap on my Switch. Mm-hmm. I think they should just re-release all of the Zelda games on Switch. Just put all of the Nintendo first-party owned virtual console games on the Switch for people who have the online service. Oh, and, and Oracle of Seasons and Ages. Oh yeah, that's like, it. I wouldn't mind seeing upgraded versions of the, the uh, Capcom ones. Oh, Maybe yeah. not the CDI stuff. <laughs> well, excuse me, princess. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, like I'm, I'm getting really into that and then obviously I watched all of that stuff. And then it's just like, here's some other Zelda stuff. Like, do you do you want to think about some architecture that just wasn't covered? I I feel like you've been down a similar rabbit hole to my recent one, which has been um, Yu-Gi-Oh deck building videos and Pokemon mm-hmm. um, shiny shiny. People, people that do shiny hunting. I've just gone down some of these rabbit holes where it's like, well, I watched like three videos and now this is all that my recommends <laughs> will recommend me. Do you want more Yu-Gi-Oh? Do you want more Pokemon? I was pretty diverse at the moment, but I'll come to that in a minute. But yeah, <laughs> um, lots and lots and lots of Zelda theories recently, like yeah. going right back through the whole series. Nice. And I, it, it's made me want a want to play Breath of the Wild too a lot. Yeah. B want to play Breath of the Wild again. Uh, and see you want to play through Skyward Sword. Uh, I did watch one. I will. I will. I don't remember the name of the YouTube channel, but if you search for um, 
340 Pokemon we think will be in Sword and Shield. There was a very, very convincing theory video as to going like, here are the Pokemon we've seen from past generations in trailers. We can assume from that their evolutions and pre-evolutions. Some of those require a stone, so we can assume those stones will be there, which presumably means most of the Pokemon that evolve using those stones will be there. And like, lots of connecting the dots to go, probably we can assume these Pokemon will be back. Hmm. And that was an interesting video I saw. Hmm. Curious. Yeah. Everyone, uh, you've not watched anything else? No, I'm going to put the other thing in listened, I think. Okay. Um, the only other thing I've watched is um, a bunch of um, Proco uh, videos. Yeah. He does um, anatomy, like art anatomy oh, stuff. Oh, yes, because you've been an art doer. I've been doing lots and lots of art stuff, and like I, I wanted to learn fundamentals, because yeah. I thought it was interesting, so I learned about... Um, I think I can't remember if I mentioned this last week. I've, I've been looking at dynamic symmetry. Yes. That was quite interesting. Um, and this week it's been sort of like uh, anatomy stuff, because... Although I would mostly want to do like cartoony stuff, I think that it would be uh, I would create better cartoony characters knowing roughly how a body works. Mm. So although I can like like make a caricature, like uh, make a very square person or yeah. a very round person or a very skinny person, like understanding how bits of bodies fit together, um, so that I don't end up necessarily with like Adventure Time style noodle arms and legs. Although it might be a lot easier if I just did Adventure Time style noodle arms and legs. <laughs> um, so yeah, like the last couple of weeks has been uh, a sort of flow through from art fundamentals to uh, how to how to do better line art, uh, designing characters. Like uh, there was one that was just talking about just come up with a silhouette. And then work out how you would draw that character based on its silhouette. It's like, that's a really Ooh. cool character I did. So I just like sort of sat there and just like that's sort of a head shape. And then there'd be sort of this and then there'd be sort of that. But just like all in one colour and solid. And then being like, okay, next I'm going to work out like what sort of shape that would have. Like where where those arms go. How they're connected. What kind of legs does it have? Uh, based on that, and then sort of designing like an actual character from the silhouette. That's, that that's a really cool thing. It was it was it was a fun little idea. Yeah. Um. I think I think Drawfee have done a thing on that that uh, vein at one point, doing a here's a silhouette shape, make a thing from it. It's a it's a cool idea. It is a cool idea. Um. And it was quite nice to sort of do that as an experiment. I've been looking up like basic exercises that you should do if you want to get into like yeah. art and digital art and stuff. Um, I did a bunch of videos about uh, uh, op art, like optical illusions, mm -hmm. because I love optical illusion yes. stuff. Um, I've designed, like, uh, I had a, a, a design for a single point perspective thing come into my head the other day, and I was like, I'm going to doodle this in my, in my notebook while I'm just sort of sitting here working. But then I was like, I want to really make this. So I've started digitizing it. The yeah. other night, it was a lot harder work than I expected, but I'm really happy with how it's turned yeah, out. It's coming together really nicely. Uh, it needs a lot of shading. I've got the flats <laughs> in, but it's going to need a lot of shading, and I'm excited to to keep going with that. But um, yeah, like 
I'm enjoying like coming up with weird optical illusion stuff as well and how I might do like different versions of that and just like things that mess with your eyes because I've always oh. liked that kind of stuff. Hack. So I'm having lots of fun with art recently. Mm-hmm. Well, in that case, time for this. Yeah, time for this. Laura, Laura, we've got a new sponsor. Who's our new sponsor? This week's sponsor is ePay. Oh, ePay? I've, I've heard of them. They're, they're that auction site where I can get stuff really cheap, right? No, no, ePay. Oh. E-pay. Oh, okay, okay. What, what, what's ePay? So, imagine the other one, the one yeah. you were thinking yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But instead, it's an auction site where you can't get cheap stuff. No bargains. No bargains. No special offers. All you really get is overpriced collectibles. So we c- collect. Oh, oh, is is this like when McDonald's had that Szechuan sauce and people were trying to sell like a little tub for like a million pound? Yeah, and then the limit, limited edition DVD steel boxes from the early 2000s. Oh god, and, and I'm guessing these aren't at like reasonable prices. No, I mean starting price for most things on there is at least four digits. Oh yeah, it's the, I've got a Beanie Baby and it's still got its tag on. Clearly that's worth 12 grand, right? I mean, those were the prices when they first came out in the early 2000s, so that's those are the expected selling prices now. That's the price in my 1998 uh, collector's annual. Exactly. So, there you go. That's ePay. You can head over there now and enter the code QNPS89 and you'll just get a little pop-up going, thanks for visiting. Oh, I can't wait to get that, that brand new pair of limited edition wellies. Yep, they've got some some original first edition Nikes. Oh, oh, and and how about some of those Reeboks with the with the pumpy thing at the front? Oh, the pumpy ones. The original ones, the first first editions of those. Oh, only slightly worn. Yeah, and a only slightly opened McDonald's toy from 1992. And and a full set, sorry, an almost full <laughs> set of unopened Hercules toys from the M- McDonald's when they when they did the Hercules promotion. I can't wait. Who can? That's epay.lol.net and head over there and use the code QNPS89 and get a pop-up. It just says the thing. Inside the boardroom of Electronic Actor Softworks. Hi. 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 How's, uh, how's business been? Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's going. Uh, things, uh, get starting to really ramp up now as we're heading into the primary gifting period. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, this is where I was thinking we had the problem, because uh, this is the, p- the time of year where people expect lots of video games. They yeah. they expect us to pump out all the video games because yeah. it's video game time. And I mean, this is what we've been flogging interns for for the last three years. Yeah, and I hate to tell you, yeah, we don't have a game ready. What? We don't have a game ready. Why? Is this because we sacked all those people? Yes, apparently if we don't pay anyone to work and they don't come into work, we don't get a game. But but the interns. Yeah, I know. Uh, apparently, there have been stories about their poor treatment in the news and some of them didn't come into work. But I have a plan. Okay. So, you know how our competitor has that... Uh, that, that creation tool for the, the little side-scrolly plumber dude, where, like, they make all the assets and they let the players, you know, lay them out and, you know, make their own platformy yeah, plumber yeah, games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That seemed like a great idea, because, you know, the, the, the players make all the content, you know? Yes. Yeah. It's, it, it's, 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 it's a lot less work. Yeah, and we get to release a whole nother one next year with, yeah. like, Slidey Ramp. I know, I know, but, but, I have an even better idea. 
Go what on. if we make video game maker maker? We don't create the assets for our, you know, beloved franchises and let our players, you know, just slot them into place. Because we then still have to make the assets, make the tools that make the assets go together. Yeah. I downloaded Unity. It's this thing that people use to make games. Yeah. From what I hear. Yeah. I think we just sell them Unity and we tell them it's a tool for making programs that make games. You can make, you can make side-scrolly plumber, platformer in this. We just, we just strip it right back. They make the thing that they make the game in. Let the player do everything. You are a fucking genius. I know. So, <gasps> what have you put in your ears? My ears? Uh, well, I'm gonna, I'm putting this in the listen category. But I guess it could have gone in the, in the look tap probably. Tell us about the easily. three bands. Uh, I went to a gig on you Sunday. Did? And I went and saw three bands. Yeah. Uh, the headline band were Ninja Sex Party. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of you may know them. One of them is is Danny from Game Grumps. The Sex Bang. Uh, Danny Sex Bang and Ninja Brian. We'll get to them in a bit. But there were also two support bands. Uh, Tupperware Remix Party, TWRP, and Planet Booty. And I'm going to start with Planet Booty because I had not heard of this band somehow before seeing them perform. And, and they opened, right? Yeah, they were the opening act of the night. And... You know how gigs can be sometimes, where the first act of the night is... The audience can be a bit lukewarm. Mm-hmm. Um, like, when we went to see Laura Jane Grace, yes. uh, I think it was Mabina Galore were out. And, and they were great. They were great, and the audience just was like... Oh, okay, I blame yeah. the audience for that, rather yeah. than Well, no, this is what I mean, is... Audiences are usually like that. That's the norm. Okay. And... Planet Booty, I have never seen an opening act win over an audience quite so quickly. Mm. Um... Imagine uh, a queer man with a big handlebar moustache and a sort of open top and a sequined outfit um, carrying a disco ball, mirror ball butt. Disco boot. Yeah, disco boot onto the stage and he just holds it alight in the air um, and starts singing a combination of songs about butts, songs about self, uh, self-confidence and body positivity. Like... Their lead singer was almost aggressive in, no, you're going to fucking love yourself. We're going to make you love yourself before you leave here tonight. Pledge to me that you're going to fucking do all you can to live your best fucking life. Um, it was just really sweet and endearing. Um, lots of shout outs for like, uh, you know, not using particularly gendered language. So going sort of um, ladies and gentlemen and people who are neither. Lots of um, that sort of language mm-hmm. used. Very, very nice inclusive stuff. Yay. Um Explicit call-outs to, you know, whoever you want to be, whoever you want to love, etc. You're all welcome here and you should all fucking live your best lives. Mm-hmm. And it's all very positive. Um, and I, I'm going to read some some lyrics from some uh, from one of their songs just to give you a sense of, like, oh, these seem like some, some pre- pretty woke aware boys. So th- this was a song that is called Take Off Your Pants. Um, it starts off as sort of a romance song of like, hey, we're having relationship tr- troubles and we need to, you know, we need to work through this. Maybe if we just take our clothes off and work it out by, you know, fucking it out a little bit. But, um, it gets a bit further into the song and it's like, hey, wait, wait a minute, hold up. I believe that you believe that we could achieve this sexuality consensually because I love you. But right now, baby, all I want to do is fuck you if that's okay with you. And I'm like, I appreciate any song that is about let's go do some sex to sort this out, that takes the time to go, but consent is important. I'm not just going to say I've got a... We're having emotional problems. I'm going to go fuck you. It's like, no, no, no. Do you want to fucking see if that helps? I was like, 
They seem like some. They seem like some real good boys. Mm-hmm. Um, they played like a thirty-minute set, and at the end, people were like, "No, come back out." We <laughs> it's like, well... yeah, you you are the opening act. <laughs> we're asking for an encore, please. We fucking want you back. They they nice. they are super lovely. Um, yeah, they just sung a lot of stuff that was very, very powerfully like, "Hey, just fucking love yourself." Also, butts are great, huh? Yeah, they Everyone's are. butts are great. Very on brand for you. Yeah, very on brand for me. How did I not know Planet <laughs> Booty existed? Um, I want to get one of their shirts. They have a shirt that says Planet Booty and it's all in sparkles and it's just a bunch of sparkly butts and I'm like, I kind of want this shirt. It's very on brand. It's very on brand for me. I don't know how I didn't know they existed, but like... <laughs> That opening thirty minutes of the show was like, okay, this is this is fucking made my night. I I imagine it's one of those things where everybody just assumed you were already. Here. Yeah, I I met I met a bunch of fans like before and after that gig, and people were like, oh yeah, so the, the Planet Booty. I was like, yeah, I've never heard of them. They're like, we assumed you knew. <laughs> I'm like, no, this this was new to me. <laughs> um, so after that was um T T W R P Tupperware Remix Party, um. I feel like I have to describe the visual elements of the band to properly sell what the experience of seeing them live is. Um, they all perform in costume, just no exceptions. They always, uh, well, one of them is a man from the future whose helmet looks like it's a traffic cone. When you say helmet, um, it's 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 a a head helmet with like a like a visor that you know like a ski mask visor, but okay. I, I will find you a picture of this band, because it's, um, I feel like this is the best way to describe them. If, if, you, if you're curious, search for TWRP, um, go to, go to images, and, no, yeah, search for the phrase Tupperware Remix Party. I can show Jane what three of them look like here, so... There is a man from the future with a traffic cone mask. That looks very Kraftwerk. Um, there is a man who basically looks like Ant-Man from the Marvel yeah, films. Yeah, and a there lion. Is, there, is a li- there is a space lion. He is wearing basically Mass Effect armour. And I don't know if I can find the final band member who is a robot uh, who wears basically like full metal alchemist robot armour huh. um, while playing the drums. He plays a full drum kit in robot armour. That seems like a lot. Yeah, all of them wear elaborate outfits that include full face masks while performing and not, like, missing a beat. They Take are that, Daft Punk. They are very talented performers who can barely see, Um, who basically do 80s sort of synth rock with a lot of um, comedic elements about... um. Hey, hey, it's clearly the year 1980. Let's do a song about the distant future year of 2019, for example. <laughs> uh, the singer in the traffic cone hat has, like, a tube plugged into something that makes his voice sound like a robot. Um, I don't know how he does it, but it's a very good effect. Um, they're a very, very technically talented sort of synth rock band. Hmm. Um, they played a really solid... 45 minute set I believe it was or it might have been an hour mm-hmm. sorry yeah it was, a, it was an hour long set they left the stage for like 5 minutes then came back on because they were the backing band for Ninja Sex Party for the next 90 minutes they they performed for a good 2.5 hours I am impressed at how well they held up yeah. Um, but yeah Ninja Sex Party final act of the night Um, there, there is Danny Sexbang who is uh he, 
his character is basically Jewish superhero who believes he's good at sex but is not. Um, and then there is Ninja Brian, who is a man called Brian Wecht underneath the ninja outfit who is like a PhD. He, like, he was going to be a, a professor at Queen's College in London, and then he gave up that career to silently pretend to be a ninja in a band that makes comedy songs. Um, they did a very good mix of some serious songs, some silly songs, some covers. They had a really, they just had a really nice mix of, of tracks through the night. What I hadn't expected from them at a live show was they had like a whole narrative going on that involved like people in costume coming on to act things out and animated scenes behind them and um it it was there there was comedy skits and things going on in it. It it was a whole production. They'd put a lot of thought and effort into how do we make a 90-minute journey that is part comedy routine, part adventure, interactive audience participation thing, and also has room to do some serious sweet songs. Aww. It was really lovely. Very sweet. Um, and it reminded me of a couple of tracks that um, Ninja Sex Party and uh, TWRP have done together that have some fucking gorgeous music videos. Um I would suggest people check out the music video for a track called Starlight Brigade. It is one of the most beautifully animated things I've ever seen. It is... It is goddamn amazing. What about you? What did you put in your ears this week? Well, I listened to some Miracle of Sound. Yeah. And I had a bit of a go at some of Gavin's tracks. Uh, level 6, Level 7, I think I've mentioned them fairly recently. And Metal Up, which I think is probably my favourite of Gav's albums. Yeah. It's a metal album of original tracks by that Gav. You can tell because it's got no guitar solos in it. <laughs> but that doesn't make it any less good. Yeah. I like the fact that you can still do metal without that sort of thing. Yeah. It's if you just skill. put it together right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And I think a lot of people would probably... And I think people have sort of said that to him before. Like, oh, you can't really make metal without... Without that sort of thing, it's like no. If you put it together well and and write good lyrics and write good tracks, you you know you can accept that perhaps you're not dexterous enough to do those things. Yeah. So nah. Uh, oh, what I've this? got I've got that music video open. Look look at this beautiful animation. It's, it's such as it's very anime. It's a very pretty looking anime thing. It looks very nineties anime. Yeah, it's yeah, it's such a good fucking music video. It must have cost a lot. Yeah, it's it's like six minutes of real real good detailed animation and it made me cry <laughs> and I, for I forgot it existed until until I was at the gig and I was like oh my god I forgot this is amazing Aww. um yeah you listen to anything else um that's basically everything except the new Taz Amnesty Live yes the Ballad of Bigfoot so this is a prequel to Amnesty sort yes. of yeah um, I've not listened to it yet. So but. it's it's Travis is DMing, mm -hmm. which he does very well. Then uh, Clint plays MCCM. <laughs> I'm not going to go any further into that. Okay. Justin plays the babysitter for the third character, who is Griffin McElroy, age 11. Yeah. Who knows kung fu? I feel karate. I feel like MCCM <laughs> might be MC Clint McElroy. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> um. It. I. I I, th I think uh, Griffin's argument was he just didn't have time, 
So we just I, played himself, and it's obviously set in the past in yeah. the Amnesty I, era, I'm, and Bigfoot steals their car. These characters sound wonderful, and you've sold me on making... Uh, I was like, I need to listen to it anyway. I've got travel this week, and that's what I was saving it for, but I'm excited for it now. <laughs> it's it's really silly. Yay! Um, I think I, uh, Travis does a, a great job of, of DMing. I like the way Griffin interacts with the game when he's allowed to play as a character, <laughs> rather than and, and himself in this case. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, I, I do like that Griff gets a chance to play sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you? Got anything else? That's, that's pretty much it for me, I think. Well then, <gasps> time, time for, for this. Hello, Satanic IT support. Um, hi. I I know I'm supposed to be in hell, but all I've actually been given here is a computer, and that seems fairly lenient. But like, I'm trying to install Windows 8, and I'm having some trouble. Can you help? Okay. Have you tried setting it on fire and putting it out again? Uh, no. Why would I need to do that? You are installing Windows 8. Everyone in hell is installing Windows 8. Uh, okay, um... It's designed specifically for hell-based systems. Uh, okay, well, it's 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 on fire now when you say I have to put it out? Yes, try using your face or something. Oh, ow! 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 Um, it, it now says it needs a boot key? Okay, take the registration form out of the sleeve. Y yeah? And stick that on your shoe. Okay. And then kick it. Kick the computer? It's a boot key. Ow! My, my toes! Yeah, that tower's from about 1988, so it's mostly cast iron. Oh, I think I broke a toe. What do I do now? Okay, so does anything seem to be happening yet? There's a progress bar, and... I think it's going up, but it might be going down. My brain can't seem to process it. How's the itching? Insurmountable. Yes, that'll be all the bugs. <laughs> Thanks for calling IT. Hello, everyone, and welcome to my pottery class. Thank you all for coming along. First of all, I'd just like to tell you a bit about how I got into pottery. It was a few summers ago. It was a, a bright, sunny afternoon, and I thought I just needed something to do. My husband was out of the house, and I thought, wouldn't it be interesting to try and just try something new? So I thought that I would perhaps try creating something and just see what I could fashion. I remember that there had been a thing on the news about how there was less creativity in the world and less effort being... <laughs> Hello, yes? Um, I'm, I'm really sorry to interrupt. This is a 20-minute class. Um, is, is this a particularly... This sounds like it's going to be a very lengthy story. Are we going to get to do any pottery in this class today? Yes, that'll be right at the end. I, I, I'm sorry, I, I'm used to writing online recipes, so oh. I'm doing it very much in, in that style. Oh, yes, okay, so, um, 45 minutes from now you might have gotten onto the first ingredient. Yes, that, that was my lesson plan. 
Question time. Stop the questions. What's the question? I have questions. Honest. You have them? I do. I have them. Whoa. 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 Uh, Callum Turner. Hi, Callum. Uh, what's your favourite food and or drink situation for a cold outside duvet burrito day? Ooh. What? Cold uh, outside? It's cold outside oh, duvet burrito. I, I, I thought I was taking the duvet outside and that, that really threw me. So I'm going to go with this because it's the, the drink I have the nicest association with from a cold day. And it was from when we went to see those fireworks. A nice sort of cinnamon hot chocolate with some, some vegan marshmallows on marshmallows. top. Yeah. And, ah, oh, just a big load of stuffing. Okay. I could go for that. Just a big load of stuffing and a nice cinnamon hot chocolate. Mm-hmm. Well, I was well, going to say stew. Oh, But stew. also the hot chocolate. Actually, maybe the hot chocolate and, like, either stew or maybe a uh, student, uh, student student pad thai. Can maybe go? It's quite good. Yeah. I was just thinking something, something warm and, and, and filling. And filling. Yeah. Something that sticks to your ribs. Yeah, that's that's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Future Fishy. Hi, Future Fishy. Hi. Uh, to steal a question from Tonal Whiplash. Ooh. What's a questionable fashion decision you've made in the past? <laughs> uh, every fashion decision I made before coming out as trans. Oh. Um. um I had very curly, came out quite a distance hair. I don't know how it occurred. I had ringlety hair for a while. Naturally? Um, or? Yeah, I had naturally ringlety hair. Okay. And then it, the weight just made it eventually fall and straighten like... itself. There was a couple of years where I was just like, my hair just curls out in ringlets and sort of goes outward and I didn't really do anything about it. My friend Nigel's hair does that. I don't know. Yeah, my friend Nigel's got that. Like, to the point where if he, like, stays in bed... F- through depression for a couple of mm. days and doesn't brush it, it starts to dread. Yeah, I used to have to straighten my hair and I don't have to do that anymore. No, you do not. Um, is it the, just the length or...? I, I don't know what it is. Um, other than that, oh, there was a there was a period of time where I had like short, spiky, fringed hair and the, the period of my life where I tried to dress as man as possible to convince myself that that was <sighs> what... Yeah, football shirt and spiked oh fringe and, and Reebok and whatever's gonna sell whatever whatever will look man to the world. Hmm. Uh, questionable fashion decisions. Let's see. Well, there, there was the Hobbit period. <laughs> um. Although I don't think that was that questionable, to be honest. Not modern, perhaps, but but I I thought it was cool. Thank I think it's all right. Yeah. Um. Oh God, I used to have this really like. Like thin cotton hoodie, yeah, with like pyramids all over it, and and like the the eye of Horus symbol, yeah. And I uh, had green hair, and I used to pretend to be an Egyptian lemming from Lemmings to the Tribe. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, there was there was a little while where my fashion sense was basically the the My Chemical Romance Na 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 video, just a cobbled cool. together equivalent of uh, mismatched neons. With your Nez gun as well. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. My Nez gun with all the Danger Day stickers all over it. Yeah! <laughs> uh, I spent quite a long period of time dressing as the kid from Magic Pockets, because I got really into Magic Pockets. Yeah. That was a while where I was like, I'm just going to dress like a fucking anime protagonist. Why the devil not? Why the devil not? Uh, oh, really questionable. There was like a period in my early 20s when I was really depressed where I had five pairs of identical black jeans and five identical black polo shirts. <laughs> and that's all I wore all the time. I made some poor fashion choices when first coming out as trans where there was a lot of like... Oh. Uh, yeah, that's the thing you do when you're trying to work out like, oh, I have to, I'm working out a new gendered wardrobe how do and um 
there was a lot of stuff that was like, okay, that 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 just doesn't work. There was a lot of stuff that was very like frumpy middle aged oh. woman. I went through the frumpy so many middle cardigans. <laughs> oh, so many cardigans. <laughs> there was a cardigan phase. Um, there was a lot of purples and that's uh, great though. Yeah, but. Purple mm, waist to foot skirts with cardigans paired. Ooh. Yeah. Frumpus Maximus. Oh, I proper frumped. Uh, see, I didn't frump. I tended to just wear, like, um, black leggings and, like, quite long flowy tops. Yeah. I looked like my drama teacher in high school. <laughs> Um, I don't think those were that questionable. No, like, I think that's alright. Uh, before I came out... Like, when I was getting super bold about what I wore and just didn't care, like, I'd often wear, like, um, like, knee-length shorts that I'd painted neon-coloured designs all over, and, uh, like, fishnets or knee-length socks, like, uh, neon-coloured fishnet socks, I, um, yeah. and, like, I'd paint my own shoes to have, like, neon colours on, I feel ridiculously like, bright hair. I feel like the answer to this question is... If we were in a fighting game, we would have multiple, multiple, multiple <laughs> alternate um, outfit <laughs> schemes. Yeah. yeah. Which variant outfit do you want us to wear? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Tricky asks, make up slash jam some lyrics for the Queer and Pleasant Strangers jingle. I believe there are some lyrics to it. I don't know. Do listeners right. know there are lyrics? We mentioned it very early on in the yeah, series. Yeah, do you, do you want to tell people what the, the secret lyrics to the theme tune are? Well, it's basically I was looking up how to make music and how to make melodies on YouTube. And yeah. one of the things suggested was listen to how people talk or listen to like how some words go together and, and like make a tune out of that. Yeah. So I just wrote some words and then I was like, I'll see if I can make a tune out of that. And the words I wrote were, Put the kettle on, we'll have a cup of tea, we'll have some fun and lots of laughs in the land of queer and pleasant strangers. And that is why all the brochures end with, Shall we go have that cup of tea? Shall I, I, shall I put the kettle on? Yeah, yeah it's, it's just tea. a nice quiet nod to us <laughs> privately that we know that the secret lyrics <laughs> and, to the and theme anyone song... who heard any yeah, episodes. The secret <laughs> lyrics are about going and having a cup of tea. Yeah. <laughs> so well, there, you go. there you go. That's that's why Barry and Larry always go have a cup of tea. Can you make up some alternate ones though? No, I'm not very good at lyrics. I think I think the the lyrics that we have are, are, are great. Yeah, let's watch some things. Listen to things too. We'll do some skits and play um, some games in the land of queer and present strangers. There you go. We've got a second verse now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, JD, hi JD hi. Uh, Why am I a mess of a human being? I mean, you're not you, You're pretty awesome when I met you Well, first of all, you're not And B, we all kind of are though I mean, yeah like, as, as a species, we're all kind of a mess I, I think you are well within normal parameters yes. for, for humanity you, for you, being... are, you are kind of a mess Within normal human parameters, yeah. as we all are, we're all yeah. kind of a mess. None yeah. of us know what we're doing. Yes, just because we haul it together for an hour or so while we do this podcast yeah. doesn't mean there's, to say there's an hour where we sound like we know what we were <laughs> doing, but it's you know in the midst of the chaos. And even then, there's careful editing sometimes. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, don't worry about it too much. It'll yeah. come along in in the meantime. Kier Anderson, hi Kier. Hi. Not had a question from Kier in a while. Uh, cutest and least cute fantasy animals. I feel like Becky is going to have a go at me if I don't say fairy dragons. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as the cutest, presumably. As, as, as I assume the cutest. Yes. All I can think of for cutest fantasy animal is just give a bunny some wings. Just, just a little flying bunny. Least cute? Hmm. Hmm. I feel like it's got to be something with a lot of teeth and a bad attitude. Uh, uh the, the Sarlacc. 
Mm, okay, the modern Sarlacc with the beak, not the yeah, original yes, Sarlacc. Yes, yes. Modern Sarlacc was yeah, modern <laughs> Sarlacc. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's got tentacles. I I I know the weird fleshy tube, <laughs> just like me. <laughs> <laughs> What's the next question? Kelsey would like to know. Um, I don't keep up with your podcast very well at all. I'm afraid. So maybe this has been done before, and I've forgotten. But is there any domestic sort of thing you've taken to that you wouldn't have uh, wouldn't have thought that you would as a, uh, when when you were younger, like car- canning, carpentry, or gardening, doing the the washing up the dishes? It's a job that has a definitive like start and end point, and it's a job that doesn't involve like y- your hands are constantly being washed and cleaned with soap and water, and as such, all of my my germy textury stuff doesn't flag and yeah washing up the dishes is a job that I'm like I'm very happy to do I quite like hoovering yeah um I'm not a big domestic person to be honest no same but we're not dirty we're messy but we're not dirty everything is like is cleanly there's just Clutter. Yeah, there's there's clutter, but no one. We're one's... not hoarder level. Yeah, but... no, there's there's not like maggots crawling out from under the bed because no. we've left leftovers. No, nothing is unhygienic. Yeah. There is just like as you can look to your it's a layer left, of dust, and there is a bunch of boxes, part a cardboard boxes piled up that there I need is. to deal with. I for example, assumed you were just going to build something for Halloween with it. Uh, half the time, that's why I'm keeping the boxes. The big ones, I'm like, that's going to be good for cosplay stuff. Uh, I was half thinking that big box I could end up remaking into a new Undyne staff from Ooh. Undertale. Because it's a good piece of, uh, good sized piece of card. I, ha- I haven't seen the staff. It's, 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 it's a spear with a big pointy end that <gasps> pointy. that box would be good for. Oh, heck. Reminds me, I still need to make a scalpel for the weekend. Indeed. I don't think I'm going to make a scalpel in time for the weekend. If I can do anything to help on Thursday, let me know. You might see if I can get some silver spray I'll, paint. I'll be something. home by like noon on Thursday, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are the questions we got? Uh, Basin has a queer and pleasant question. Mm. Uh, what do you think about land sorting in Magic the Gathering? As in artificially ensuring that the lands are evenly distributed throughout your deck before you play. After shuffling lands and not land separately. So we had this problem with the green deck previously where I had like 13 lands out in a game and mm-hmm. then I just piled them all together, stuck them in the deck and shuffled and uh, then could not draw any lands in multiple starting hands because they'd all clumped together mm-hmm. and I hadn't caught them in the shuffle. So I've always been a fan of the before the standard shuffle do the the eight pile shuffle, yeah. uh, alternate the way you're sorting them in those Make eight, eight piles. Stacks. Yeah, sort of alternate how you put them in those eight stacks just to sort of spread things out so they're not clumped yeah. before you then do your standard shuffle then you cut yeah. offer the cut to the other person you know I mean I don't go as far as offering the cut to the other person I mean unless they particularly I, want I to I don't at home but you know obviously standard uh, practice when you go to tournaments and whatnot. oh okay well, I've never this been to a tournament his, histo- historical practice is like yeah do the do the eight piles then do a shuffle then cut then offer the other person a cut Oh, goodness. I mean, I guess it would get through things, but, like, we really only play with each other. Yeah. Um, so, as far as land distribution goes, I'm more of a... Just mulligan it until you've got, like, at least three lands. Yeah. If you mulligan it, like, three times and go, I'm not drawing any lands, maybe do the eight piles. Maybe do the eight pile, or maybe just go, maybe I haven't got enough land in this deck. Yeah. But, yeah, that's the thing. It, 
in a well-balanced deck, it shouldn't be too much of an issue, but obviously try not to clump your stuff up too much. Becky. Hi, Becky. Hi. Uh, job history, but try and make it sound cool. <laughs> uh, I was left solely in charge of an entire building full of confectionery and sweets <laughs> and chocolate. Just me. No one else to guard the ice cream and the chocolate and the sweets. And did you stand up to your responsibility? Yeah. How much of the sweeties did Actually, you Actually, I ran two shops at once. <gasps> uh, there was a sort of hole in the wall. I also ran a card shop. Heck. Yeah. But how many sweeties did you eaty? I ate, I eaty many sweeties. <laughs> uh, what other past jobs can I make sound interesting? I got to hang out in the back of a shop and avoid dealing with any of the people. <laughs> I basically, I did, I did stock uh, management for the uh, the specials that came out. So I basically was like, here's a bunch of pallets, sort them into tables in the correct order, then put them in a line so people can take them outside and uh, interact with as few people as possible. It oh, was heck. great. Mm. I used to come in early and stock the shelves because I could just stick my headphones on and again not deal with anyone. It was great. Nice. What about your job history? Oh god, it's going to take a while. I used to be a runner across London. People yeah. gave me a train ticket and 50 quid a day and I would run hither and thither across London at the age of like 13 or 14 yeah. and like just go and get like here's another beta tape with some stuff on it yeah. take it here and they're going to load it into a big paint shop machine and, and, and do drawings on it and make adverts <laughs> I did some running for Carlton Television as well when that was still yeah. a thing and they went back to ITV uh, who else did I work uh, for? I did like five years on and off for different McDonald's stores yeah. lots of fast foody things Oh. A80 mini burgers. I delivered newspapers, or as I will put it, I ensured that the world knew what was happening. I, I delivered information to, to people across the world. For about two weeks I did the same thing. But I, I my route was up a hill. Oh. Like a really steep hill. And like it was in a like my route was in a fairly posh area. Yeah. Like, I lived on the outskirts of that, and <laughs> then, like, it was like, yeah, that's your route over there. It's like, oh, God. So come Sunday, everybody wanted all of the, the things, yeah. all of the supplements, like, and some of them had letterboxes that weren't even an inch tall. Mm -hmm. So you would sit there with the Sunday Times taking it out into, like, 19 different sections, and even having to take the main paper into, like, Half and half again. And I just went, fuck this shit. I, I had that same issue and I also did the posh area. I did it for four years. Wow, you got yeah. much more staying more, power more than I did. Than, and evenings. It was my excuse to listen to podcasts. It's what got me into gaming podcasts and then into this podcast. Well, no okay, before podcasts, it was a wind-up radio. I would listen to Radio 1. You're having a wind-up, ain't you? Yeah. Uh, what else have I done? I was a trainee accountant for a year, which yeah. basically meant I sat in an office... And type things into a computer and drew pictures and smoked weed and nobody <laughs> minded as long as I didn't do it when the directors um, were there. I did door-to-door -door sales for like three days before um, the number of times the police were getting called and the number of times people around me were lying to people to missell them things made me so upset that I cried and quit. <laughs> I did door-to-door uh, -door sales for a month selling gas and electricity for a certain popular uh, energy oh, supplier. I sold internet and phone packages for a certain um, talkative, talkative <laughs> company. Ooh. 
I wasn't going to speak about the the the, uh, the the power of the one that I was dealing with. Ah, yes, yes. Um, but yeah, after a month, they were like, "You're not making any money. You should probably not do this anymore." Yeah, no, I was not happy with being told to do things like flip your badge over so that they can't see where you're from, and imply that you're from the uh, the phone exchange. Ooh. Yeah. Or the story of, oh, the police got called because someone stuck their foot in someone's door to stop them closing their own front door. Yike. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I saw people doing that kind of... Well, not that kind of thing, but yeah. certainly lying to people going, you're going to be better off if you sign this thing. And they were not going to be better off if they signed yeah. that thing. Here's the secret. Even if you, you sign up and you cancel within the 30 days, the person who got you to sign up still gets money. That's yeah. why they tell you the lies, because it doesn't matter if you realise later they were lying and quit, they still get some money. Yeah. Because you put a, a pen on some paper. Mm-hmm. What else have I done? I worked in a model shop for eight and a half years, selling mm-hmm. like train sets and Skelectric and model kits and toy cars. Sorry. Highly detailed scale miniature cars. <laughs> Don't call them toys. They're toys. Uh, I don't know. Like, uh, I think, what was it? Like a 300 pound, one twelfth scale. What was it? A BMW? It was, I think it was like the Tomorrow Never Dies car. Well. Whatever that was. Um, and then, like, another seven and a half years doing call centre stuff. And, and then uh, admin, lots of admin jobs. Those aren't. As interesting, necessarily. I, I think the really sort of fun, interesting, big up ones is definitely when I can still go, oh yeah, I, um, I cleaned floors in a hospital for a year. Yeah. And I, 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 I got paid to make tea for old ladies and chat to them. And and now you do the mysterious job. Ooh, Admin! <laughs> yeah, I did jobs and then I stump accidentally into this one and now this is what I do. I mean, yeah, I'm not going to include the sort of shorter jobs of... Um, selling nudes, uh, the oh, the, yeah. the few days on the sex lines, things like that. Not super long term no. stuff. Anything they did for like at least a month. Yeah, that's on that list. <laughs> I I lump all of the places I wrote under just internet person. Uh, yeah. Um, and and I have this in my spare time job. Yeah. There is no spare time. There is only job. <laughs> uh, Power site. What an awesome name. <laughs> uh, what would you give to a cishet person looking for ways to better ally and to further educate themselves on LGBTQ plus stuff? A copy of Uncomfortable Labels. By the <laughs> <laughs> find 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 some people who are writing about this stuff or making video essays about this stuff, because those are the people that clearly are happy to educate yeah. rather than going up to some person yeah. and going, tell me about y- uh, your thing. Honestly, that's it. It's go on YouTube and search you know, for a certain topic but go like, um, so, say you're looking for like people to talk about like autism stuff, look in the actually autistic tab. Like, mm-hmm. go, go for people who are from that group, who are volunteering their information and go seek out your answers rather than go uh, random person from group. Take your time to tell me right now what 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 is this? Yeah. We went out on Saturday, yeah. and there was a couple of people that don't know me super well, yeah. but were just like wanted to talk trans stuff, and I was just in the mood where I was happy to talk about it. Yeah, and a few times they were like, "You don't have to keep going on about this if you don't want to." I was like, "If you keep asking." 
Fine questions. Yeah. I, I will tell you if you overstep a boundary or if I just want to go back to dancing. Yeah. But I'm happy to answer questions. And yeah, you could just ask people you know or, or people nearby, but it's nobody's job to educate yeah. you. The, but if people are making things, go look those The internet's up. a pretty huge place. If there's a thing you want to know, chances are someone is already talking about it and you can just go and check that out. Although if you want to know about autism, don't go and... Talk to Autism Speaks, oh, and if you yeah. want to know about trans stuff, avoid trans medicalists. Yeah. Uh, and anyone who's rude about non-binary people. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Caledry. Hi, Caledry. What is your favourite country that you travel to? I have very fond memories of um of going to Bali, and I know it's not a country I can go back to because they're not super uh, chill about gay people or trans people. But the one time I was there in my life, I had a very positive experience, you know, swim swim up to a bar and have, you know, all you can eat food and drink in a bar in the sun for like a tenner a day. It was great. I recognise that's probably because their economy was tanking and that's probably not great for them. But I have very fond memories of that trip. Um, I really don't like that kind of travel. It makes me really nervous because I'm far away from the comfort space. That's <laughs> totally fair. I I have in. I guess I kind of enjoyed Greece. The fact that I was with my family mm. made those trips like harder. So I've been to mm. Crete. I've been to Lesbos. Yeah, the island of lesbians. Um, um, I... Um, and I kind of enjoyed. Wales is a nice country. In, in terms of places I've gone by myself that I really enjoyed, um, Australia, Melbourne was lovely. I spent a week in Melbourne. I had a hotel to myself that was really nice, um, and I just went and did so. I went to Melbourne Games Week and saw a bunch of video game stuff, and it was all within the city. And the city has free public transport within the city and free internet publicly through the city. It was just a really easy place to get around and to keep up to date with where you were and what was going on in the world oh. while travelling in a strange city. It was very tourist friendly. Mm. I enjoyed Spain because we rented bikes and I got to basically go cycling on my own in quite a flat area. Oh. So it was flat, it was hot and sunny and I had a bit of freedom as a young person and maybe that was the thing. Yeah. It was like, I've got a bike! I'm somewhere hot and sunny! This is nice. I really enjoyed... Getting to set foot in Canada, even if it was only in the inside of an airport, just to go, ha, I'm in Canada. Screw you, person in my life who who was an obstacle in that. That was, that was a personal thing, just getting to go, I am technically in Canada. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lucy would like to know, what is your favourite thing? My favourite thing? My partners. Yeah. Uh, I'm up. You and 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 also he- hello other partner. Mwah. Hello other partner. <laughs> hello this partner. Hello this partner. <laughs> yeah. Um, but these are just He's... two of my favourite things. And smudge. And smudge. Yeah. And bun. Mm, and bun. <laughs> what kind of questions do you like to answer? N- n- nice, honestly asked questions. Yeah. Ones that ones that non-invasive make... ones. Ones that make me ponder and that go ah yeah ah. Ones that make me sort of think about a thing a bit further, yeah. but not in a like, oh god, why? <laughs> Soul batter toy, bat mm. batter toy. What's the tastiest medicine you remember having? Oh, it was cowpole. Uh, um, a moxil, like the liquid. I can't remember what flavour it is, but like whenever I smell oh. it, still to this day, I'm like, mm. it's it's purple cowpole. Purple cowpole. No, it's yeah. definitely it, for me. It's definitely <laughs> yellow amoxil. <laughs> oh. I don't know what they put in child amoxil, but it's great. 
Sammy West. Hi, Sammy. I would like to know, uh, what does Laura think of her Wikipedia page? My Wikipedia page? Yeah. Do I have one? You have a Wikipedia page. I last time, up today. Last time I checked, I didn't have one. Did Shit. Fuck. I didn't know I had a Wikipedia page. There you go. Um, give, give me a sec. I'm, I, I, I'm going to do my live response, because... <laughs> I, I didn't have one last time I checked, and I wondered whether You've having a, a book now. Well, yeah, I wondered if having a book would be enough to do the thing. Um, yeah. Okay, yeah, I, I, I've written... Okay, uh, I wrote a book about autism and trans stuff and video game industry leaks. I worked but. at Destructoid, uh, news editor for Kotaku UK for almost two years. Known for video game leaks, I leaked Until Dawn, Rush of Blood, and the PS4 Slim, and the Switch and Mario Rabbids. Uh, Laura's published two books. I haven't. I, it, well, one of them is going to be published, but okay. Uh, things I learned from Mario's butt uh, was crowdfunded and uncomfortable labels. Shit! I have a Wikipedia page! Yeah, you do. Fuck, yeah! <laughs> and the moderator people presumably haven't taken it down yet. When did it get put up? I'm curious now. Uh, last edited 14th of October, like a week ago, and it, it's not gone. Wikipedia's real good about taking down pages they don't think are relevant. You got a book, uh, though. Yeah. I that, feel like having a, a, a legitimate well, book. Well, honestly, yeah. I thought that was going to be the thing that tipped it over. The thing is, you can't request a Wikipedia page yourself. Someone completely unconnected to you has to just go and make it. Okay. Um, There are rules about you cannot make it, you cannot have someone who you know, like, tell, ask them to make it. You you have to be disconnected from the creation of your page, okay. so... Fuck! Heck. Uh, apparently I'm a famous. I mean, I knew you were famous. Oh... <laughs> uh, Let's see if I can if I can put a get a picture added on there. I was thinking that pick pick one that I I like and get it put on there. Yeah. It's it's a fine Wikipedia page. Yeah, that is that is a functional Wikipedia page that has not been um found by shitty people. Hooray! <laughs> uh, Larry Yellingman, hi Larry. Uh, listen to Human Solaric Music. Good. Why do I always lose the damn electronics wipes? Because. You use them and then you put them somewhere safe. And everyone knows putting somewhere safe is the quickest way to fucking lose it. Oh yeah, you need to put them in a cluttered mess everywhere around. You'll find them if they're in a mess. If you put them somewhere yeah. safe, they're gone forever. That's it. Too safe. It's so safe even from you. Oh no. And those are all the questions. <gasps> well then. Time for this. Time for this. Hmm. Do you want to know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Brochial Justice Warriors. Brochial Justice Warriors? Alright, Larry. Alright, Barry. How you doing? Oh, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. You've uh, been up to much? Oh, uh, you know, it's, it's been a long week. Long week. Very busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, what about you? You uh, you had anything going on in your week? Well, you know, there's there's been a lot going on uh, on Twitter recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, as there often as is. As there often is, yeah. You know, enough that we can talk about stuff every week. Yeah, you know. Uh, although one thing I've been particularly concerned about this week, just um, the way people have been talking about non-boyery folk. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just like the idea, I saw this thing, I think it was an advert or some kind of invitation for just blanket women. Okay, right. right? And and it, it started going, are you a woman or someone who was a side female at birth or identifies fully as a woman yeah, or yeah. is a demigirl right. or demiboy right. or non-binary? Okay, I feel like they're stretching the definition of woman there. Yeah, I, that's uh, no. Yeah, yeah. It, it, we we see this a lot. We see this a lot. These sort of uh, 
treating of non-binary identities as being, uh, you know, not not their own separate distinct thing, but like, oh no, that's just that's just this gender light. Yeah, yeah, and it's not, you know, no, no, don't get me wrong, you know, I know a few non-binary people who use binary pronouns. Yeah, but yeah. That doesn't make them any less non-binary. And, and outside of that, that's the point, it's non-binary. Indeed, indeed. And, you know, it's just one of those things where I'm glad that, you know, we're reaching a point in society where people are aware that non-binary people exist, you know. You go back a few years, that poster probably wouldn't have acknowledged non-binary people because they probably didn't know they existed. So, you know, I'm glad that they know non-binary people exist, but they you need that's to be aware. That's not where that you that's... apply that information. That's not how you use that information. No, yeah. no, and I, you know, I, I imagine that I'm not non-binary myself, but I imagine that is incredibly frustrating. I can imagine so. Having your uh, identity not properly acknowledged is uh, a frustrating situation. Yeah, you know, and uh, perhaps I am not the best person to be speaking about. It, but you know, I think it's it's something that you know people like us do need to be talking about more, thinking about more. You know, like being inclusive in a in in the, in the right way. Indeed. Yeah. And just on that general topic, non-binary people totally welcome in trans spaces. This absolutely. is something that I feel like just needs reminding every now and then. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, um, however people approach being non-binary, you know, I, I had a, uh, someone on Twitter recently asking, you know, are you a non-binary person who has, you know, started on hormones of a particular type? Yeah. You know, and that that should be a whole conversation that they are able to have, but I, yeah. I would imagine the medical profession are not terribly keen on that. Oh yeah, that's the thing I'm well aware of, is that, you know, not non-binary trans people are often, you know, will, will suggest that they are more binary than they are in order to get help, because the system is very much only built for binary trans people. Yeah, you know, I know that even for, for binary trans people that the system has got better than it was, say, in the 60s or 70s, but still, they, you know, the doctors that are gatekeeping that whole system are, oh. you know, very rigid and, uh, and out of touch are in you a, Are you a trans woman or someone who wants to get estrogen who didn't turn up in a skirt and dress? Oh, you ain't getting help. You know, yeah, stuff like that. It's, which, it's not good enough, when but... stuff like that happens, I cannot imagine how much more difficult that makes it for non-binary people. Well, exactly, you know, and, and you know, non-binary people might very much need that kind of help and yeah. that, I think that should be absolutely available for them because non-binary people are not man or woman like that that is regardless of what pronouns they use or, or how they present themselves and you know non-binary people also don't have to be this slightly femme presenting person they can be that if they want but exactly. that doesn't have to be like the set oh, standard what it, people would assume it, a non-binary person it always is. it always makes me sad i've i've seen i've seen more than one example of someone who might be you know a um an amab uh, non-binary person who who, you know, presents on the more masculine end of the scale that have been turned away from non-binary uh, support. What support means? I know, I know. Because Ugh. because they're not the right kind of non-binary person. And, you know, stuff like that's a, a, a nonsense. But, yeah. you know, support for all non-binary people out there. You're all valid and, you know. Absolutely. Bollocks to anyone who says otherwise. Indeed. Right. Well, no, okay. oh, I'm very up for the hug, mate. Thank you. Ah. Oh. Oh.
Ah, oh, good egg, mate. Good egg, mate. Yeah. Shall I uh, put the kettle on? Yeah, have a cup of tea. Yeah, it reminds me of soul. Yeah. Lotta! Me? Yes, darling. <gasps> Where can we find you, apart from Wikipedia, <laughs> on the internet? Uh, Laura K. Buzz in most of the places. <gasps> Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Patreon. That's the one that pays the bills. Mm-hmm. I've got some books. Uncomfortable Labels, My Life is a Gay Autistic Trans Woman. It is in places where books are. If you would like the audiobook version, you can get that from laurakbuzzstore.com. laurakbuzz.com, without the store in there, is where you can find links to absolutely everything I post, be it written articles, videos, um, reviews for, on other websites, uh, podcasts. It's all there. It all ends up there. You can check out the book I have coming out very soon, Things I Learned from Mario's Bart. There is Pixel Square. It's a video game podcast where we talk about video game pornography with uh, Mari and Stacey from Geek Remix. And there is Dice Funk, which is a podcast. Uh, I don't know for certain, but maybe you should check it out the same day as this goes up for a thing that maybe involves Jane as well. Oh heck! What about you? Where are you at, Jane? I I am on 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 on. Oh goodness, you've thrown me there. Have I thrown you? Mentioned you? the thing. I'm Maniac Janiac on Twitter and YouTube. I can be found on Patreon.com/slash/DontMonkeyRadio. And I would like to say thank you to my nice peeps who do the things. I appreciate them. Uh, so very many appreciations too. Uh, Math Tiger needs your help. What is 280.46 times 1.5? Thank you to Jaden, Cassiopeia Swift, Tallulah. Uh, Callum, I swear to fuck, dude, Moose better be real Turner. <laughs> Eldritch Horror, formerly known as S. Kearney. Uh, J. Logan, Conduit of Queerness, Mage of Life. Larry Yellingman, Tales of Inquiry, brilliant name. Robin Anton, Caladrine, not her magnificent cat, Witsy, Mitzi, who slew Cal in her sleep. Uh, Robert Robbid Harding, Indie, uh, Jürgen Indie Monster Reinwick Ferde, Conduit of Name Butchering, and, oh god, let me get this right, I worked really hard on this. Ah, uh, and oh, Norwegian Vowels. Additional Norwegian Vowels. <laughs> and thank you to Basin's Pack. Uh, super appreciate all of you. Uh, if you want to do a thing, it's patreon.com slash Radio. If you want to send me a one-off rather than a repeated, that's uh, paypal.me slash Magnet, And I do and appreciate for everyone who does uh, help support. It will perhaps one day lead me to going part-time in day job and then doing more crazy stuff online. I would very much like to do that. Ooh. Please help. Um, there are t-shirts. Uh, because I don't know if I mentioned this, the butt plug soup, my amazing butt plug soup, uh, got rejected. It was too naughty. It was too naughty for, for Spreadshirt, so I put all of the stuff up on, on Redbubble. So now you can get it on a fucking shower curtain. <laughs> and, a, like, a duvet and a comforter and a bath mat and all sorts of shit. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Stoned Monkey Radio, or just Janiac on, on, on the Red Bubble as well, if you want to get some of my cool designs. There will be yet more cool designs, because I've got loads of ideas, and I really enjoy designing t-shirts, so... Heck. That's the thing. Why is that delicious smell? I don't know, but whatever it is, is amazing. It is amazing and delicious. Um, the, the deliciousness has thrown me off of all the things. Uh... 
soundcloud.com slash magnet where you might be listening to this now. And yeah, hang around there because there's gonna there's there's gonna be a polyarmory soon. <laughs> uh, are you hyped for that? I'm very hyped for that. I'm very hyped for that. So yeah, oh, and twitch.tv slash Janiac where I stream on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So we're gonna be streaming there any minute now. Yeah. Uh, so thank you very much for joining us, Lorda. Will you sing us out, my darling? Until next time, be a stranger. I will. Greetings, strangers, queer and peasant. A little? That's not the lyrics. They're not peasants. <laughs> Greetings, strange peasants. <laughs> <laughs> not the show. Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. No, that's not the right energy. <clears throat> la 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 la.